0: Thanks so much for tuning in. We are broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio. We are in uh, in San Francisco. We're on Ohlone land. Please do uh, read more about the land we're on. There are many sources out there. One is remetush.com, and that's R-A-M-A-Y-T-U-S-H.com. And you can read about the history of the land and folks who are still here. And you can also, I would encourage folks to contribute to the Shumi Land Tax, and that's S-H-U-U-M-I Land Tax, which will bring you to the page of the Sagurate Land Trust in the East Bay. Um. Yeah, we have a show coming up. Wow, what a week. Wow, okay. So uh, I've planned a little bit here. We have, I guess, scheduled to call in around 1230. And also... I just want to provide information because there's just a lot of information about mutual aid and I've, you know, certainly can't rely on the government to do much besides lie to us and steal from us. So yeah, that's what I'm planning to do today. Ah, oh, I've definitely been, yeah, feeling, there's a lot, you know, a lot of stress and a fear and anxiety going on and wanting to also just be in the moment and take it day by day and, uh just think about how to care for one another, and and that's it. I didn't really meditate this morning, so I feel a little bit maybe on edge or jittery or not as <sighs> clear-headed as I would like. Maybe once I get some words out, I might feel a little bit more of a, a release because I know I certainly feel like, ah, I've been talking to folks and writing, and also it's the idea of what so many folks have been working to prevent or to have protections in place such as universal health care, paid sick leave, uh, worker worker protections there are so many things that if they were in place certainly we I think a lot of the anxiety and fear and frustration that folks are feeling it wouldn't be happening right now. however, we live in a capitalist country. That puts profits over people and has for quite some time now and many folks have been working for generations to undo that to push back and if we're gonna have people in positions of power have folks who know what they're talking about and who actually care about one another unfortunately uh, we, we don't really get that for the most part and it's it's yeah that's I mean that's kind of like why why we're here now and (sighs) unfortunately, it doesn't come as a surprise. Recognizing that people have been screaming and yelling and righteously being angry about the fact that folks aren't getting their needs met and haven't been able to get their needs met. Meanwhile, billionaires and corporations can do whatever the fuck they want. And everyone else has to pay that price. And so now, in the midst of this pandemic... We're really just seeing everything exposed for what it is, although many folks were already like, "Yeah, this is fucked up. We need to do something to fix this and people kept on pushing back either because they were comfortable or because there was so much brainwashing from corporate media or because it wasn't affecting affecting them or their families or their friends directly and for a lot of us, that wasn't we don't we didn't have that opportunity or we didn't have that we weren't living that kind of life where everything was okay, or we didn't have to care about people being bombed abroad or having, their, having there be embargoes. Speaking of embargoes, Cuba has a developed a vaccine for uh, COVID-19, and there was a, an article in, in the Mazatlan Post recently about how uh, Cuban doctors were going to Mexico to share information about that research, and how there's been so much in my lifetime, certainly, and I'm sure even, yeah, definitely before I was born, just how much anti socialist, anti communist rhetoric there's been in this country and anti Cuban rhetoric. And meanwhile, they have a fucking incredible healthcare system. They have um, too many, not too many, that's not the right word. They have uh, an incredible amount of, oh, there's a word for this, and I just, it's not coming to me at the moment. Surplus, maybe? Um, well, I don't think you'd ever have a surplus of healthcare professionals, but there's so many folks who have um, in Cuba just gone to med school and are totally capable of administering medicine because their healthcare program is so strong and their literacy program there is so strong. Meanwhile, in the U.S., uh, it's... <sighs> we, there's still like a lack of tests. I I heard in Seattle, there was once, uh, uh, I don't want to say anything that's not true. So from what my understanding of it was that there was a place and that they were told not to do any testing, but they're like, fuck this. People need to be tested. And they kind of just went through and did it anyway because they believe in helping people. And hopefully there'll be more of that. People just coming through and doing what needs to be done to help protect one another, which was already being done anyway. And I think now again, this is kind of just, there's more and more folks uh, realizing this is what needs to be done because we can't rely on the powers that be to take care of us because they really, they don't, honestly, they don't care. And speaking of them not caring, oh my gosh, how many examples are there? Recently, they decided to to bail out. Oh, goodness, I've I've lost track of the number of businesses that they've decided to bail out, but it's really, you know, like the oil, the fossil fuel companies, airline, banks, cruise ships, that kind of thing where um, also folks who happen to have a correlation with polluting the earth. I mean, we know that the biggest polluter in the world is the U.S. military, uh, and yet that's where most of our tax dollars go. That's where so much funding goes. And at any time, they could have chosen to use those funds for libraries, schools, healthcare, provide housing for people, all things that would make everything better, and I've been harping on this a lot, and many folks have as well. It's this idea that... society is only as healthy as its most vulnerable population. So even if you're a greedy, selfish, self-centered, narcissistic person as, and I think it's kind of hard not to be again in this culture that really promotes that, that rugged individualism and that like, I can do everything on my own. And even though we live, uh, interconnectedly and so much of what we benefit from are things that have been done before us and have been cooperatively built. (sighs) Uh, Even if you are the most selfish person in the world, don't you s- you still would benefit from everyone around you being healthy and taken care of and being happy and satisfied and feeling like they belong in this world and feeling protected. Like I, I don't uh it's that uh anyway. So, speaking of people not feeling protected, there are apparently Bolsonaro uh, tested positive for COVID-19. And there's a lot of speculation that uh, fuckface, I guess fuckface could apply to a lot of people, unfortunately, in this current administration and, and abroad. So I'm not being specific, but maybe you, I'll just psychically send it out. That person gave, gave an address. I did not watch it because I can't really stand him. Um, but he apparently he looked pretty sick as well. So again, the thing is that viruses do not discriminate. Although I would say if you do have a lot of capital, you do have a leg up in terms of accessing... Uh, medication and help and research and all of that. However, at the end of the day, uh, viruses do not discriminate. And also, I mean, it's also, I mean, I was a kid in the 80s, um, so I do my recollections of HIV and AIDS and the battle for folks to get health care and to be taken seriously while people were mourning and having their loved ones die every week, um, that kind of, even though I didn't live through it as an adult, from what I've read about it and from talking to folks who have lived through it, it seems very, there's this uh, similar feeling in a lot of ways of this panic and this victim blaming and the fact that the government's being completely irresponsible and unhelpful. So that's also what I've been thinking of. Also with healthcare. I don't mean to, be able to go on a bad news rant, but I guess that's what, if you've been listening to this show for the past six years, that's kind of what happens because I do want to address what's happening in the world. And uh, we got a, a call. So I'm going to uh, play the next song and be back in a bit.
1: Waiting on my own Waiting for a clue Summer wind has hit the bends Pepper in the view An episode The dogs are barking in Morse code. And squirrels' tails in summer fall Like they're trying to tell us more Round here There's always someone out there screwing somebody. But we only see the things we want to see. I guess tailored seats don't grow on trees.
0: to Weekly Review, currently playing music from the album Walking Like We We Do from The Big Moon, and I did want to share a few resources. I'll be reading from them a little bit later, but I did want to also just share the names, the titles of the articles, so folks can find them now if you'd like, and or if I don't get around to reading them completely by the end of the program. The first is just an informational article uh, from medium.com, written by uh, Tomas Pueyo, and that's T-O-M-A-S-P-U-E-Y-O, and it came out on March 10th, and it's been updated, um... oh yeah, today's the 13th, did I say 14th? Today's the 13th, March 13th. So it was, it's was. it been updated today, um, which and it reflects an update on containment versus mitigation strategies, and there's also 13 translations at the bottom, And they're also asking for more existing translations in uh, private notes at the bottom. And so, yeah, this is called uh, Coronavirus, Why You Must Act Now. Politicians, community leaders, and business leaders, what should you do and when? And I'll just read the first couple paragraphs so folks have an understanding, but it's a pretty long article and very descriptive, and I am really failing at finding the 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 words that I'm thinking of at the moment Um, so do check out this article because there's a lot of information there a lot of statistics and uh, starts off with everything that's happening about the coronavirus it might be very hard to make a decision of what to do today should you wait for more information do something today what and here's what I'm going to cover in this article says the author with lots of charts data and models with plenty of sources How many cases of coronavirus will there be in your area? What will happen when these cases materialize? What should you do and when? And when you're done reading the article, this is what you'll take away. The coronavirus is coming to you. It's coming at an exponential speed, gradually and then suddenly. It's a matter of days, maybe a week or two. When it does, your healthcare system will be overwhelmed. Your fellow citizens will be treated in the hallways. Exhausted healthcare workers will break down. Some will die. They will have to decide which patient gets the oxygen and which one dies. The only way to prevent this is social distancing today, not tomorrow, today. That means keeping as many people home as possible starting now. As a politician, community leader, or business leader, you have the power and the responsibility to prevent this. You might have fears today. What if I overreact? Will people laugh at me? Will they be angry at me? Will I look stupid? Won't it be better to wait for others to take steps first? Will I hurt the economy too much? But in two to four weeks, when the entire world is in lockdown, when the few precious days of social distancing you will have enabled will have saved lives, people won't criticize you anymore. They will thank you for making the right decision. Okay, let's do this. And I'll just go um, down the list of the different sections of this article. And again, you can find this at medium.com and coronavirus act today or people will die. I've also shared this on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R. How many cases of coronavirus will there be in your area? And there's a chart on community, uh, excuse me, on country growth. And there's a few charts on cases per country, for instance, and how it varies per country. There's also a chart on the daily growth rate of cases. Um, That was between March 5th and March 6th. And again, I recognize there's a lot of information, and it might Be easy to feel overwhelmed. However, if we have information, then we can act accordingly. And I've always found it's worse to be in limbo and to not know what to do when when I need to make a decision or I'm not sure what's going to happen. And of course, life is uncertain and we can only plan so much. And at the same time, if we have concrete information that can be trusted, it's easier to take action. And that will, in addition to protect ourselves and our neighbors and our communities... It will also, I think, mitigate some of the the fears that we have. And I was listening to another uh, show earlier, and they were talking about how it's not just the fear of this virus; it's there's that fear of the fear, and how the panic, one, there's the how that kind of changes people's behavior too. Is that folks are a lot of people are hoarding resources. Some assholes are out buying things and then reselling them on eBay because. You gotta make a buck, I guess, even though it's a really horrible way to do that. and it's it's not just the the healthcare concern, it's the the behavioral and like the fear and what's how and I've noticed my own behavior changing a bit. And of course, I think like many folks who like to think of themselves as, oh, I'm a I, d- I definitely know I have issues and things to work on, certainly about my behavior and and uh, and all of that. And also it's so hard not to take part in that uh fear-based mentality and those reactions and then that kind of self-serving nonsense and uh and trying to really question it when i'm feeling something that doesn't quite feel right to me like why am i if i'm feeling like bigoted or i'm just feeling like the fear is kind of coming from an irrational place i try to try to to, I definitely don't always succeed try to examine where where is that coming from and why am I thinking that why am I feeling that and then also being aware of folks around me and am I just replicating behavior that's around me and what can be done because I feel like if the more folks who are able to um, be kind and generous and to really it's it it's inspiring and it's contagious in that way where if folks see other folks helping one another, it'll hopefully inspire others to do the same. So, really wanting to keep that in mind uh, for myself, and yeah, it's ugh, d- definitely don't have all the answers, and there's so much that we don't know, and just being aware of that and doing what we can to again to take care of ourselves and each other. So, moving down with this article. Um, they also have a timeline of events that happened in China. And China went to um, just di- diagnose people really uh, quickly. And I'm just skimming the article here. Um, so, and they shut down a lot of cities. And. Many regions in China, they're saying, were well-coordinated by the central government, so they took immediate and drastic measures, and in doing so, they were able to postpone the virus from spreading and really, like, stop that from spreading. They also have cases from South Korea. They have cases from Washington State. Um, And moving along. They have a lot of charts, lots of information. So I'm scrolling down. They also have one for the Bay Area. I'm going to read that since it's a somewhat of a local show, although folks can listen to this show anywhere they are. Until March 8th, the Bay Area didn't have any death. That made it hard to know how many true cases there were. Officially, there were 86 cases, but the U.S. is vastly under testing because it doesn't have enough kits. And also part of this is due to many of medical supplies were made in Puerto Rico. And then with the devastation of the hurricane there and, the, f- oh. So again, without people being taken care of, this leads to further and further, um, oh. how many how many negative synonyms can I think of? I just keep wanting to say bad and harmful, but so much of what's happened in the past, it's not, again, this didn't happen in a vacuum. So many events have led up to why we are here right now. Officially, there are 86 cases, but the U.S. is vastly under testing because it doesn't have enough kits. The country decided to create their own test kit, which turned out not to work. Again, this is not a comedy show. There were the number of tests carried out in different countries by March 3rd. They have a whole list here, and they talk about um, Turkey. Um, Turkey, with no cases of coronavirus, had 10 times the testing per inhabitant than the U.S. The situation is not much better today, with 8,000 tests performed in the U.S. And again, this article came out a few days ago, although it has been updated. So lots of charts here, scrolling down, France and Paris. When the article was written, France claims 1,400 cases today and 30 deaths. Uh, And... And they are saying that the true cases uh, in France is likely to be between one and two orders or magnitude higher than it is officially reported. And then they have graphs from Wuhan. Lots of graphs here. Lots of information. They have info on Spain and Madrid. Two, the second part of the article, what will happen when these coronavirus cases materialize? So and they're saying, so the virus is already here, it's hidden and it's growing exponentially. What will happen in our country is when it hits, it's easy to know because we already have several places where it's happening. The best examples are Hubei and, excuse me, Hubei and Italy. And they have fatality rates and more charts scrolling down. So again, do check out this article, lots of information and one of the most highlighted... I'm going to drink some water. One of the most highlighted pieces is that uh, countries that are overwhelmed will have a fatality rate between 3% and 5%. So uh, countries that act fast can reduce the number of deaths by a factor of 10, and that's just counting the fatality rate. Acting fast also drastically reduces the cases, making this even more of a no-brainer. And in the next part, what will be the pressure on the system? Around 20% of cases require hospitalization, 5% of cases require the intensive care unit, and around 2.5% require very intensive help with items such as ventilators or ECMO, which is extracorporeal, extracorporeal oxygenation. And yes, they have another chart here, lots of charts. 80.9% uh, of the cases are mild, it's like the flu, just say to stay at home. 138 are severe, require hospitalization, and 4.7% are critical, which require intensive care. They have more cases here. Oh, goodness. And they say the problem is that items such as ventilators and ECMO can't be produced or bought easily. A few years ago, the US had a total of 250 ECMO machines, for example. So, if you suddenly have 100,000 people infected, many of them will want to get tested. Around 20,000 will require hospitalization. 5,000 will need the ICU. And 1,000 will need machines that we don't have enough of today. And that's just with 100,000 cases. Uh, moving down, they have a, another article, or another piece of the article, What an Overwhelmed Healthcare System Looks Like. Moving along. And what should you do? Uh, flatten the curve. This is a pandemic now. It can't be eliminated, but what you can do is re- reduce its impact. Moving along social distancing. Learnings from that 1918 flu pandemic. They have a chart with that. Lots more information. So they also have a, a piece on how can politicians contribute to social distancing, including containment, uh, which was, follows in Taiwan's approach. And uh, they say the lengths at which it went to contain the virus are mind-boggling. For example, they had up to 1,800 teams of five people each tracking every infected person, everybody they got interacted with. And then everybody, those people interacted with and isolating the bunch. That's how they were able to contain the virus across a billion people country. And they also have a delay in coronavirus spread in China based on travel restrictions. More information. More information. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot here. Next they have how can business leaders contribute to social distancing? Um, so that talks about working from home and restricted visits, travel and events for the no, question. Number four is when it's very possible that so far you've agreed with everything the author has said. And okay. They have risk-based model for triggers. Are you part of a group of leaders? Conclusion, the cost of waiting. So in summary, it's bad to wait. That's that's what they're saying here. Share the word. So right now there's translations in French, Spanish, Italian, German, Bulgarian, Russian, Turkish, Ukrainian, Polish, Czech, Slovakian, Greek, and Arabic. So if you are a polyglot, b- bilingual, multilingual, um, in a language that is I didn't just mention, um, please do get in touch. You can find this article again at medium.com and at Thomas Pueyo, and that's T-O-M or Tomas. My apologies if I have mispronounced it. T-O-M-A-S. P-U-E-Y-O forward slash coronavirus dash act dash today dash or dash people dash will dash die. All right, I'm going to play some more music, try to get things set up for the rest of the show. So please do stay tuned and we'll be back uh, after this. We took a
1: trip to the seaside I held you tightly by the hand We took a dip by the moonlight You left your Nikes on the sand, I didn't come to see the ocean, I didn't come to see the sights, I know that something here is broken, and I can see it in your eyes, but I don't see why you.
0: Welcome back to the weekly review. Our stream might be down at the moment, so we are looking to get that back up. And I did want to share a few more pieces of information with folks here. One is a mutual aid doc that folks can check out. And that can be found at bit.ly forward slash COVID-19. Collective Care, again, bit.ly forward slash C-O-V-I-D, the numbers one and nine, C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V-E-C-A-R-E. This editable document, accessible, and they provide the address, is meant to be a resource for people looking to take care of themselves and their communities through personal preparation, collective care, mutual aid, and advocacy. You're welcome to add to and edit this document or copy these resources for sharing elsewhere as long as it's done with the intention to help people prepare and support each other. If you think a listed resource is offensive, misleading, or mislinked, please comment and uh, the person who wrote this will review it. And they also say, do you know another resource this could get combined with, have an idea for making it more useful, want to help add or admin this doc, comment to let this person know. And. The table of contents includes what's happening, media coverage, uh, what can be done about it, including advocacy and mutual aid, uh, look out for each other, uh, tips on personal preparation, existing mutual aid projects, tips for collective care and mutual aid, uh, including disability justice focus, tips for educators and organizations, financial and basic needs resources, including government benefits, stay connected, stay informed. And so yes, again, lots of information there. I've also shared it recently on Twitter, at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R, you can find that information there. Um, so as mentioning before, unfortunately, there's a great clinic in San Francisco called Lion Martin. Lion Martin has been at the forefront of providing healthcare for um, trans folks and cis women and they, right 360 which is, they kind of merged with Lion Martin about four years ago, I believe, Are now threatening to move Lion Martin and cut 90% of their services. Now, currently, I am a patient at Lion Martin. They have helped me out numerous times, both with mental health, medical health, physical health, and it's. I know it's also helped out numerous other people. If anything, I feel like they are understaffed and can use even more support and more funding. So the fact that they are being threatened with uh, having to cut services is that's going to honestly, it's going to kill a lot of people. So especially in the midst of this epidemic with uh, COVID-19, really important that all health clinics not only stay open, but we provide even more resources for them and not do the opposite, which is to cut cut costs and cut healthcare workers. So there was a protest out there last night and big thanks to Hans Lindahl who um, spoke and also interviewed folks. And there's some video footage as well and so I was going to play a few folks who were speaking last night, and I don't know if I can play them. And I'm trying to play them in order. It's a, uh, it's been quite a a morning so far. And okay, so I'm going to play what I can. And so yeah, stay tuned. And again, this is from a protest outside of Line Martin last night.
2: And here we are again. Thank you to all of you for coming out today to exhibit your anger, your disappointment, and the slew of emotions that you may be feeling when, you, when an organization responsible for holding up a mission of providing competent health care in a safe environment for queer people decides that the effort is no longer needed.
0: And I'll just pause this. This speaker is Elizabeth Sakara, who was the second speaker last night.
2: I started at Lyon-Martin after getting frustrated at a hospi- as a hospital nurse and seeing the lack of general understanding of queer competent healthcare and witnessing actively aggressive and abusive behavior from healthcare providers. I then dedicated my life to spreading, understanding and promoting changes to have healthcare be accessible for the trans and non-binary community. Yeah. The decision that HealthRate360 right has made perpetuates the systems of violence that the LGBTQ community endures on a daily basis. This type of decision is what increases disparities in health outcomes for a population who is already marginalized and has been shown by the healthcare industry that their healthcare is an afterthought, an inconvenience, and too costly to the system. I ask HealthRight 360, how many transgender or non-binary people were at the table when this decision was made? How many patients were consulted on how it would impact their ability to access health care? And who did they inquire from the queer community about the mission of Lion Martin and what it means to create a safe space for healthcare delivery? My assumption is none. There were no representative voices at that table. As a clinic director of Lion Martin for eight years, there was a time we were facing imminent closure. This feels very familiar. At that time, we saw the community rally for their own rights and the rights of others to have access to competent care. After many years of working with amazing individuals, we were able to create a balanced budget for the first time in 2014. It was then that we started discussing a merger with HealthRight 360. We had many conversations at that time about the importance of keeping the culture of Lion Martin alive through having a separate space designated for the delivery of our care and continuing to have our staff represent the patients we serve. They assured us at that time that they understood the importance of this and committed to it as a fundamental part of meeting Lion Martin's mission. I understand that consolidation is sometimes necessary. I wonder why it is necessary in this case, though. I've heard for years that Lion martin under the leadership of Health Rate 360, has not been making enough money to balance their budget. But I ask what's been done to assist us in meeting this request? Historically, we balanced our budget and diversified our cash flow through rigorous grant, pro- grant programs And to close the gap. We worked on improving efficiencies to see more patients and created a larger mental health team in order to meet the need of our clients as well as creating more billable visits. What has HealthRite 360 done to prove their support and understanding of this program beyond eating the cost of a deficit? Why are other sites able to meet this financial demand and Lion Martin isn't? What resources do the other sites have that Lion Martin lacks? This does not pass the SNF test. True allies work within the community to understand how to lift and amplify the voice of others, but HealthRight 360 has not allowed Lion Martin a true seat at the table to have their voice be heard. I urge HealthRight 360 to take a step back and understand their own culpability in this and hold themselves accountable to how they have shown up for our community and how they can choose this moment. To either understand the need and help our community thrive or leave us up to dry like so many other agencies, institutions, and companies have done before them. My heart hurts over this broken promise that HealthRite 360 leaders made to the staff and the community of Line martin I wish I could hold up a mirror for them so they could see what I see, which is ignorance, privilege, disorganization, reactivity, and indifference in the face of real humans, real lives, real culture, and a rich history with all of those who have fought before us and continue to fight for equal access and outcomes in healthcare. Yeah! So I also nice. see the right 360 leadership as real people actually who actually are, who are trying, trying to do their best and are misguided in their decision. Vitka, Jack, Anna, and Tony, I know you're out there. Not here, but you can hear me. I want to remind you that you can change course at any moment and decide to learn and grow in order to help build something that is greater than yourself. You too can join a movement that lifts the voice of those who need to be heard. Thanks, everyone, so much for all of your
3: support. Um, so my work is I'm actually a program director for gender health SF at the, with the San Francisco Department of Public Health. But I'm also a community member, longtime advocate, and really have worked in the field of transgender health and HIV prevention for about 20 years. So I'm not just channeling my experience, but also those of who of my mentors who really championed transgender health and access to healthcare for many of our, our, our communities. And also for thinking through kind of channeling our younger generations who would need services such as bi- Martin. So with that, some of you may know that San Francisco is known to be one of the epicenters for groundbreaking innovative transgender rights, community advocacy, transgender health research, care, and access. That's a big deal when you think about the, uh, our state and in, in the nation to really paved that way. We have paved the way for other jurisdictions to model trans inclusive health care because of our visibility, collective community work, advocacy, institutional partnerships cutting-edge, community-based programming cared by trans community health centers. In my 20 years of experience and work in HIV, transgender health and advocacy in San Francisco, I have witnessed trans and non-binary people live rich, full, healthy, and resilient lives because of the care that they receive at Lion Martin Health Services. That is a big deal. That is something real and long-standing to see our community today our Resilience and the impacts of these health centers fostering healthy, vibrant trans lives and communities. The, health, the threat to reduce and relocate Brian Martin, Martin and Women's Community Clinic serves as a threat to prioritize the health and well being of San Francisco's trans and non binary communities. This is something that That is something that our communities have worked hard for over the decades. It is a big to ensure that our community will use integrated, queer, and trans-competent primary care, hormone therapy, referrals for gender-affirming surgeries, gynecological and sexual health care, and so on and so forth to, to really provide whole-person care for our communities. right? These are vital services and programming that are risk for for our risk from being lost because of the plan to consolidate under health rate 360. For so many years in the advent of HIV, many trans and non-binary people had to fight to be seen, to be counted, and have equitable access to trans-affirming health care. Maya asked of you today to do what we do best in San Francisco and stand up for programs and services that enrich the benefit, the health, and well-being of our communities. So take action. For local public health officials our, our board of supervisors um take uh participate in tomorrow's um, social media campaign to really create visibility um on this issue at the same time fill out some cards and get involved thank you when i say trans
4: health you say lion martin trans health lion martin. Trans Health! Lion Martin! Trans health! Lion Martin! We are all out here in this beautiful spring, is it spring still? Spring air in the midst of a public health pandemic. We are standing in safe distances, social distancing, and we are here taking a risk because Lion Martin helps to alleviate risk. This clinic makes people feel safe. You heard from Javier, you heard from JM, you heard from doctors, directors, people who provide care every day to the patient population that feels like home. My name is Jennifer Esteen, and I'm a nurse. I'm a public health nurse here in San Francisco. I'm a psychiatric nurse, and I'm also the vice president of organizing for SEIU 1021, and I'm here today. I'm here today as a black masculine woman who never knew a place like Lion Martin existed. I grew up in the deep south, in a Catholic town where being gay was not acceptable. Being myself was not okay. And if I had known about a place like this as a kid, how different my adulthood would have been. Today, luckily, I live in the Bay Area, and I feel at home. Having a place like Lion Martin for every other young person, every other old person, every other person who needs care. This is a very important place. We cannot allow it to close. We cannot allow reductions. We cannot allow layoffs. Right now, Lion Martin is facing a 90% service reduction. If this site closes, Lion Martin and the Women's Community Clinic are going to have to move. And it may seem like a short distance to go two blocks to the Right 360 home site, but those two blocks mean no gender-affirming facility. It means mixing in a population of caregivers and other patients who don't understand what it is to be misgendered who don't understand what it is to be afraid of health care. That is not okay. We need our folks to feel safe every single day when they come here. When a man walks in the door and says, I'm having a menstrual cycle, we need providers to understand what that means. If a man walks in the door and says, I need an abortion because I got raped, We need providers who understand how to be gentle with them, the same way they would be gentle with anyone else. You get that, here. So we are asking the Mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, we are asking our Board of Supervisors to stand with us. We are asking Senator Scott Wiener to help keep Lion Martin open and make it successful, make it so that it doesn't have any risk ever again. Three, maybe gonna close is too many. There should never be a maybe gonna close ever again. We are trendsetters, and we can continue to provide education for providers. We can continue to provide a safe space for people who need care. We can make sure that no matter who you are walking through the street, walking in these doors, passing by, that you feel welcome. So we need the city of San Francisco to support us all. The next person who's gonna speak is Rafael Mandelman from the Board of Supervisors. Did I get that right?
0: Okay. he's gonna tell you all about the city's gonna do for you. So these were three speakers from last night's Rally Outside Lion Martin. The last speaker was Jennifer Esteen and before that was Jenna Rapuis. And there's quite a few more working on downloading the videos at the moment. So today has just been one of those technologically uh, iffy days uh, for me here at the station, perhaps for other folks as well. So we are recording and hopefully the folks will be able to listen to this in the future. Oh my. So I do recognize that with this virus, there has been a, maybe a, not necessarily a shortage, but perhaps folks haven't been talking about other things that are happening in the world, something positive. And again, the positive news stories on the show quite often are when something negative stops happening. And that's that Chelsea Manning will be freed. Again, uh, Chelsea had attempted suicide recently and a judge recently ordered her to be freed. So um, let's hope Chelsea gets to, to stay out and uh, forever. And I'm thinking about all the other folks who are currently also incarcerated political prisoners out there who also deserve to be free. Uh, There is a a GoFundMe out because they were charging uh, Chelsea with insane amounts of money simply because she would not uh, kowtow to the government in terms of speaking out against Julian Assange and other folks who have... Well, there other whistleblowers out there so there's a goFundMe that's up for Chelsea as well to try to raise those funds and there's also lots of mutual aid um, pieces going around in terms of supporting folks I myself uh, am mostly a freelancer so it is tricky um, when work is cancelled and there is not enough worker protections in order to be you know to cover all of us so I'll throw it out there it's difficult to ask because I recognize I'm in a position where I have, uh, but still, can't hurt. Uh, feel free to Venmo me, um, I believe, my Venmo. Let me check on that before I, I share that with the crowd. We also have a Patreon up for the show, patreon.com forward slash weeklyrev. And I'll also share my Venmo handle. So folks happen to have a few extra bucks, or if you're one of the folks who's able to work from home, Uh, and can donate a few bucks. That would be great. I've been doing the show now for over six years. The last five and a half years or so are available on mutinyradio.fm. So if you would like to uh, share a little bit with those of us who are unable to work from home, please do so. My Venmo handle is at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R. Thank you so much. Deeply appreciated. Okay um and also on paypal so putting that out there in the universe okay oh goodness so yes sharing lots of information best that we can also it's going down has a lot of info as well i also want to encourage folks to sign a petition that's put forward by acce and you can find them at acceaction.org I recently received an email as of this morning for uh folks here, and I'll read some info about it. And this is um, an immediate, calling for, an, in California, an immediate moratorium on all evictions uh, with double-digit increases in the homeless population across the state and some of the most expensive rental markets in the nation, the need to protect residents facing eviction and homelessness, and the potential spread of this disease is of paramount importance to the health, safety, and welfare of your constituents. So this is a letter out there to... Uh, Gavin Newsom, uh, emergency income assistance, preserve medical benefits, prevent utility shutoff. So all these things that are really crucial and you can sign if you go to acceaction.org forward slash stop coronavirus and yeah. And more info at acceaction.org. And I'm sure there's a lot more petitions out there. And again, this is the kind of thing that should already be in place. And if all these things were already in place, uh, prevention from people being evicted, uh, healthcare benefits, et cetera, sick leave, then there wouldn't be this push for it so much because it would already be in place and folks would be able to say, okay, well, I don't have to go into work because I, I know I'll still be able to support myself or I won't be evicted. But unfortunately, I've heard of a lot of, or certainly some gig workers, certainly, who don't have that option. And so folks, even if they're afraid that they might be sick or they might be might make someone else sick, they have to take that risk Um, because they're not given a lot of options. And I've also been thinking recently about how, not so much recently, it's always been a thought, or very often it's been a thought in my mind of how not everyone is given the same options, which seems obvious. We're all born into this world under different circumstances, at different times, to different people, in different places. And as we grow up, not everyone is treated the same, and not everyone has the same benefits and access to spaces And not everyone's voices are are heard or, you know, listened to or taken seriously. And some people are met with punishment and penalization and criminalization simply for existing while other folks can actually be criminals and just still just go to the top and continue committing crimes and harming folks. And so because of this, not everyone is provided with different options in the world. And, Ideally, the more options you have, the easier it is to survive and to thrive in this world. When you only have certain, like a few different ways that you can exist in the world, as you can present yourself, as you can make money, as you can support your family, places you can be, the more limiting that is, the fewer choices one has, the fewer behaviors that one can use to, to be alive. And I hope that that's something out there that's something that folks can really recognize, especially along the lines of criminalizing poverty and getting upset at folks who might have to... I mean, the idea of like stealing food, it's like food should be provided for anyway. And the fact that somehow that is criminalized while there are companies that throw out food, for instance. like That, to me, seems to be more abhorrent than folks taking what they need to feed themselves and their families. (sighs) I'm wearing gloves at the station. I don't know how I feel about it. I recognize it's that thing where... I was washing my hands a lot and I had hand sanitizer with me and doing it a lot. And, uh, it does definitely feel like you can only protect one so much. And for me, it was more like, all right, let me see if I can be at the station and, you know, protect myself, protect others. And it does definitely change one's feeling about things. Same with wearing an N95 mask. Something else that's been discussed a lot too is disabled workers and how there are so many folks who for so long have been advocating for worker, worker rights and how folks can work from home. And again, it's this thing where now that it's affecting this virus is affecting more people. Now companies and businesses are taking it more seriously when all along they could have very well been like, yes, if you're unable to come in, sure, work from home. It's, it's that simple. And again, I think it's this thing where more and more folks are recognizing that if something affects someone else, it's eventually, uh, you know, it you it does affect you. And also it, it's an injury, you know, the saying an injury to one is an injury to all. So why wouldn't you want your fellow workers and your fellow human beings on this earth to have the most easy, um, accessible life that you can have? And all of these things are possible. It's not, we are you know, folks are not asking for anything that is out of reach. It's all possible. It's just the willingness for folks to to go forward with it. So lots of events are being canceled, et cetera, et cetera. I was gonna go to, uh, I'm also not wearing headphones. It just feels a little bit off today, to be honest. And having some difficulty opening up some of these videos. Oh uh, no, okay. So we'll see what we can do, and perhaps play some more next week if we're in here next week. Like control, computer using accessibility features. Oh yeah, all right. So uh, hmm, okay. Let's see. Let's go back to some articles since, uh, as far as tech stuff goes, it's I'm on the reading articles right now. Is something that I am able to do, so I'm going to keep up with that. It's going down. You can follow them at IGD underscore news. It's an anarchist news site. As public spaces and events are shut down due to the coronavirus, the need for building mutual aid survival programs is now greater than ever, especially in the face of the dramatic failure of the state to respond to this crisis. And they have a thread for inspiration. And uh, let's take a look and see what this thread says. Uh, And again, as always, I am learning, uh, constantly learning every day. Lots of learning, lots of unlearning. And so in their thread, last summer, they talked to, it's the Twitter handle is at S-I-M-A-L-E-E-R-B-G of the F-C-R Collective. All right. Um, Who organized a free store and free grocery program in D.C. And there's a podcast that they've shared. I'm going to share this now on Twitter. Again, you can follow me at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E R. I mostly do a lot of retweets and just sharing information. Occasionally, I'll comment on things. And there's also a lot of folks who are already commenting on things and saying things so much more succinctly and to the point than I could. So also just amplifying those folks' voices. Uh, And they also have in Puerto Rico, uh, for the past several years, despite – oh, excuse me. People across the island have set up assemblies, squatted buildings, set up mutual aid community centers, and organized to carry out wide-scale disaster relief in the face of hurricanes and earthquakes. And – um. Let's play. Let's hear some people's voices who are not my own, which is the best that we can do here. And I'm going to share this. What I'm
5: seeing is that with each everybody was stunned. Everybody was traumatized, but we figured it out. You know, we started discovering our power. We started discovering each other. We started linking up our struggles right and then we started growing stronger and stronger and we're still growing what i'm seeing is that with each event with each disaster with each protest or uprising we're learning right we're growing stronger and we're moving along a path that's very clearly laid out right and it's it's again It's driven by these values, these basic values of self-organization and self-management, right? And just operating completely autonomously from the state. And we're getting better and better. We're getting more and more coordinated, right? We have experience. We know now how to activate and how to coordinate after disasters we know how to activate and how to coordinate and how to you know and what to expect from armed organs of the state i really think that we're on the verge of seeing um yet another model right like the zapatistas, like Rojava. we're on the verge of seeing uh another light right within this sort of consuming darkness of the world um, it's already, the spark is already there and the flame is catching on. All right. That speaker
0: was the Twitter handle for them is at C O N I O M E N G. And I'm going to play the, um, <laughs> I'm
6: just. It's a reason it. because they got to lash out. These are the last gasps. This of is a clip from the, uh, it's... the
0: first piece. Uh, from It's Going Down from Similee. And this is about uh, community power, autonomy, and infrastructure in DC. Even
6: in the 80s, when we were under Ray Gunn, as Gil Scott-Heron used to call him, some of these things weren't even happening, man. Like, factories are gone. Uh, Detroit is gone. I lived in Baltimore. 20,000 plus or so more um, abandoned homes just shuttered and closed. And there are other cities and states that don't get talked about that are pretty much, you know, shutting down and, and losing people and losing jobs and schools are closing. Like, if that's not an indication that something isn't working, i.e. capitalism, and that that's crumbling. Then look at Trump's own cabinet where every week he's firing somebody else. Nixon wasn't even this messy. This is like, like seriously, like past all the rhetoric and how pissed off it is. They're digging in deeper. Why do you think they're trying to ban abortion? Why do you think they're coming against trans and queer people? It's a reason because they got to lash out. These are the last gasps of this. And it's our job to hasten the bubble. It's really... From the outside in, it might not look like it, but from the inside out, oh, man, this stuff is crumbling. It's falling apart. All
0: right, and then moving down and again, you can find this whole thread at, uh, it's going down at IGD underscore news. And the next is an article that they share. Last fall, they interviewed people across the Southeast who organized a series of autonomous supply chains and distribution hubs which were utilized to provide aid in the face of Hurricane Dorian, both in the U.S. and in the Bahamas. And then there's another article believe, believe, that was a cross between uh, below and beneath, believe. Uh, this model showed people across multiple states to pool supplies in order to offer direct aid to those in need, a system which could easily be replicated again. And then they have another article. This is America number 31, Autonomous Florence Relief Efforts. In the summer of 2018, uh, we talked to autonomous groups who, in the face of Hurricane Florence, were able to fly relief goods into communities where the state and nonprofits were not established, setting up community centers to distribute aid and supplies. Then, in the face of government, in the government shutdown, uh, it's going down, talked to groups like the at SBC underscore ATL and at Wild Front Range who were organizing community food, programs in atlanta and colorado springs that's tia number 53 on j20 of 2019 groups across the u.s organized mutual aid events against the backdrop of the shutdown and the next article in tacoma autonomous groups organized to give out free food to working class after heavy snows shut down schools cutting off access to free meals again another program that could easily be reproduced The group Mutual Aid Relief has been instrumental in mobilizing and training folks about how to respond to disaster, and that's at Mutual Aid Relief. Uh, And they interviewed them here about how they build a free clinic and community center in Florida in the wake of several hurricanes. In Chico, California, in the face of a massive campfire, anarchists, community members, and houseless folks organized a squat of, uh, organized to squat a large tract of land and set up a relief center and distribution hub. Next up, in the wake of Hurricane Harvey in Texas, many groups came together to organize a variety of autonomous relief programs. In early 2019, they sat down with members of Mutual Aid Relief to look back on autonomous disaster relief efforts and how they have grown in recent years. And they say, these examples are not blueprints, but they do offer ideas and insights as to what constructing an autonomous, grassroots, and mutual aid-driven response to the coronavirus pandemic might look like at a time when the state couldn't care if we live or die. So there's quite a lot of information there and a lot of examples of, uh, that we can all learn from. Okay, so next up. I did want to share, I guess there's some terrible, well, other things that folks can do to take action. So perhaps if folks are staying in, um, there are some actions that folks can take, and I always do like to share upcoming actions that, that folks can participate in, um, whether it's spreading the word, signing petitions, calling representatives, um, having conversations with people, donating any funds if you have them, and this is just the upcoming, there's a lot of bills similar to what Simile was saying, in one of the clips we listened to, how there's been lashing out at trans folks. And as a trans person, it's pretty even if I wasn't trans, I'd be like, wow, this is disgusting, and we should all be able to support one another. And so this is from uh, Chase Strangio, who has was a lawyer and has been updating folks with all of the attacks that are happening against trans people and trans students in particular. So there's like um In Idaho, there's one. Okay, so in Idaho, there's a amendment HB five hundred, which would require a person to have a genital inspection or chromosome test or a hormone test, um, to with their and their idea, it would limit trans folks in sports, which is just obscene, and also it affects cis folks, of course. So it would just say, and intersex folks as well. It's awful. So that's the HB five hundred amendment, which is. In Idaho, it's being heard again today. And the wording has changed. Also, Chris Mosier, you can follow as a trans athlete. Um, You can urge all Idaho lawmakers to vote no on HB500. You can follow Chris Mosier at T-H-E-C-H-R-I-S-M-O-S-I-E-R. You can also follow Chase uh, Strangio. Oh, my gosh. And then there's also, of course, fuckface Trump has – as I'm going down the, the list of tweets here, some more information. Um, an NPR source says that Trump blocked coronavirus testing in January to aid his reelection chances by keeping U.S. infection figures low. So that's pretty fucking disgusting. Um, okay, so moving along to uh, – just moving moving down there's lots of information here so again okay so alabama is moving forward with a bill um and this came out earlier today seven hours ago uh sb 219 slash hb 303 that will make health care for trans youth a felony so in alabama they're gonna make health care a felony yes you heard that correctly they plan to jail doctors for saving lives and in the midst of a global pandemic, they choose to criminalize healthcare instead of provide it. Hashtag no HB303. Hashtag AL politics. Um, update on Chelsea Manning. They have raised a lot of funds. There's also a, again, there's a GoFundMe. If you type in GoFundMe, and then it's like help-chelsea-manning. Uh, you can find more information there as well. Or excuse me, it's GoFundMe forward slash... Help dash Chelsea dash pay dash her dash court dash fees. Okay. And they're they're doing pretty well with that. So and I recognize there's lots of folks out there who can use funds and also just a call to stop arrest during the pandemic, which should have happened anyway. Oh my goodness. Lots of lots of things happening. There's also a oh my gosh so many things to get to I haven't even oh my gosh okay I'm just gonna keep on talking that's what I'm gonna do There's a microphone in front of me I'm gonna keep on talking It's from uh, Greg Gonzalez and that's G R E G G G O N S A L V E S which is that's Greg's Twitter handle Surveillance is at the heart of the epidemic control and that means testing The U S has failed to abjectly over the past three months that are likely to face that we are likely to face a far worse epidemic here that might have been uh, if we had had our act together. So they have just information on that. There's also um, at Prison Culture. I really uh, recommend following that account if you don't already on Twitter. There's a Coronavirus Quarantine Resources for Parents, and that's a Google Doc with information there as well. Um, lots of folks are just also calling to cancel student debt all Altogether, which, again, should have happened anyway. A lot of these things should have happened anyway. Okay, so also as far as going back to the – okay, I'll I'll read uh, Chase's tweet. I cannot believe that Ohio, Missouri, Alabama, Louisiana, and Tennessee are still considering jailing doctors who treat trans youth with life-saving treatment in the midst of of a pandemic. Is this what we want the government to be doing? We need to support – Medical care, not criminalize it. So, again, this is happening in a lot of city, cities and state, or states. If you live in one of those and or know folks who do, please do. And even if you don't, reach out to officials and let them know that this is unacceptable. All right. We've got about 20 minutes left. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, and going to um, – <clears throat> Wow. All right. I'm going to go down and look at a few more news stories here I wanted to share. There's just, there's a lot. There's a lot here. I'm going to take a bit of a music break, and then we'll be back and finish up the show. That sounds about right. And, uh, yeah, again, this is music from the big moon, and we'll be back in a bit. back to the weekly review we've got benjamin dixon on the phone benjamin thanks for calling in
7: thank you so much for having me it's my pleasure
0: yeah i've been following you on twitter and really appreciate all that you've been saying so uh the air is open so feel please feel free you're welcome to speak about yourself or your experiences and or anything else you'd like to share with the listeners
7: yeah no first of all thank you for having me and um i appreciate the work that you're doing uh and inviting me i think all independent media is critical at this juncture in american history. Yes because we can't really depend on mainstream media to give, um, e- e- <laughs> objectivity, but more important than just objectivity is asking the right question and right. exploring the question. And so I think the work that you're doing here is, is, is critical. So I thank you for that. Um, I just, you know, I'm, I'm Ben Dixon host of Benjamin Dixon show I'm that it broke the Michael Bloomberg audio story. And, um, I'm supporter Bernie Sanders. We put out the Bernie bra video that went viral. Yes, so it's yes. been a pretty eventful couple of weeks for me. But um, I, the thing I like most about it is being able to have these conversations.
0: Definitely, it's great to connect and to share resources and information. And it's also just so validating to know that we're not alone.
7: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think um, our strength is in our numbers. I think what people need to realize is that you know people dismiss. Sure uh independent media whether it be independent radio stations radio shows or podcasting or you know they kind of dismiss us as not um the serious professionals yeah but that's not true we that's not true like we ask the best questions yep. we explore we seek the truth and we have a network that is amazing like you're not alone like there, there are th- thousands of us people who care about the causes that we're fighting for we care about climate uh, we care. We care about Medicare for all. We care about uh, progressive values to help people uh, uh, prosper their lives. Mm. And there's a lot of us. So
0: you're far from alone. Indeed. So, um, wh- I guess, what have been th- some of the most surprising things that you've encountered in the last few? I guess. There, I mean, I feel like also just so much has been going on in the last. Yeah. It's It's hard to even pinpoint a an exact uh, time or exact question. I was curious about. Anything recently that you felt uh, you'd like to discuss or share, anything surprising in your work that you found?:
7: Yeah, no, I found um, you know, I've really the coronavirus, right? I hate to, to pivot so hard,, yeah. but it's really um, amazing how much this virus has exposed the weaknesses in this country: Yes, um, yes. our political weaknesses, our economic weaknesses. And the stupidity of our leaders. Yep. Uh, I hate to just be so blunt, but like you know, I really thought for many years, and, and this, is, this is the direct answer to your question. I thought for many years that the Republican Party um, was full of people who just pretended to be dumb. And they were using the guise of stupidity as a political Machiavellian tool, right? Where yep. they were really nefarious actors with a long 30, 40-year plan. I really have believed that for a long time because of how effective they are. But if you see the response to the coronavirus, how they have been mocking it and then exposing themselves to it, yeah. and now we have some of the, the, the biggest right-wing leaders across the <laughs> globe are testing positive for it. Yep. I'm like, you guys really aren't as bright as I thought you were. You're not as Machiavellian as I thought you were, which really speaks volumes to if the Republican Party and right-wing uh, um, politicians across the globe aren't as smart as it seems like they needed to be to accomplish as much as they have accomplished, because they are really accomplished. They have pushed American politics and global politics to the far right. Yeah, I thought it was because they're smart, but the coronavirus is saying that they're really not. So that really begs the question: What is wrong with the Democratic Party? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: well, it might be easier to answer what's right with them. I think there's a smaller list of that. <laughs>
7: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love the way you spin that. Right, you spun that. Right, uh, what are they doing correctly? And if you look at how much power we've ceded to the Republicans across the globe, uh, across this country, and right-wing movements across the globe, I really, really wonder what is up with the Democrats here in this country and leftist movements across the globe. Like, what are we doing wrong, um, and why are we falling prey to these morons? And it could be just the fact that these guys are really stupid in some areas. And and when I say this kind of language, I I really mean it. Like, I don't mean it to just be insulting. But the absurdity of of them holding these conferences and shaking hands and mocking the coronavirus or it's a Chinese hoax or it's a democratic hoax. And then now they're all coming, getting sick and they're all over the age bracket of the danger zone. Like there, you know, Donald Trump, it's very possible he could have it. Yes. Um, And so I don't just say stupid to throw it around cavalierly. I mean, there's a lack of critical thinking skills that's happening in their brains. And, it's really, this virus is really going to expose that. And it's really sad in a way because we're talking about matters of life and death.
0: Right, right. And it is what so many folks have been arguing for. If a lot of things had been in place, such as worker protections and sick leave and universal health care, a lot of these things, if they were already in place, people could just certainly be like, okay, let's, like many other countries have done, let's just shut down for a little bit and make sure that we're not contagious. And then, and also there'd be enough testing kits but as you said, it's really just exposing the capitalism for what it is—putting profits yep. over people.
7: Right, the profits over the people and profits over preparation. Yes. Right. We could have had a a vaccine for this already, and even if it was um, only as effective as fifty percent, well, right now we're looking at a, an infection rate between forty and seventy percent of the country. Yeah. That means you know somewhere between forty percent and more than half. You know, seventy percent—that's like the the vast majority. We are getting... We're almost at three-fourths of the country potentially could be infected by this, with the kill rate, a mortality rate of anywhere between one and three point four percent. So you're looking at potentially, if we're not careful, if we don't stop the spread of this, we're looking at between one point five million and five point four million Americans who could die from this virus. And if you think about the fact that they could have developed a vaccine by now, even with an uh, efficacy of fifty percent. You know, you're talking about millions of lives, uh, potentially that could have been saved. And right now, all we can do is really shut down and retreat to our homes and just, you know, kind of self quarantine in our homes because our government is a they're they're so committed to um, capitalism that they're not ready to shut down and call for quarantine because they're afraid of what it's going to do to the economy. Yeah. So that says that they're making a calculated decision on how many lives can we lose and still maintain some semblance of an economy which really points to what you just said. They're putting profits over people.
0: Yeah, and in terms of bailing out the banks instead of hospitals and healthcare systems. Like, they have the money, they just yeah. choose to put it towards militarization and criminalization and fossil fuels.
7: Yeah, yeah, that's our, that's our those are our drugs of choice, right? Yep. We love the military, we love our prisons, and we love our oil, and we'll spend money on those until we die. Yep. And you uh, are at that point, sadly. We are literally at that point. I mean, the, the, the Spanish flu, I believe, killed... Six hundred and forty is either five hundred and forty or six hundred and forty thousand people in America, uh, which was a a pandemic. Like it was a major thing. It's it's something that we remember. And we're talking about doubling, tripling, quadrupling that number. I mean, I I mean, in some cases, like if we hit that five point four million, we're we're talking about ten times as many people dying as the Spanish flu. And and I don't say these things to be an alarmist. I just feel like we have a responsibility. With people with platforms of any size. I don't care if you have 10 people listening to you or 10 million people listening to you. I think we have a responsibility of just telling the people what the facts are. And as it stands right now, it looks – because – and here, here's the important thing. Because of how badly Donald Trump's administration fumbled the response to this, we're looking at a full-blown pandemic here in the United States that reaches almost 70% of the population with a kill rate of about 1 to 3.4%. That's something that people need to know because the government isn't telling them to stay home. We need to tell them to stay home, right. self-quarantine, protect your family, protect your the boomers in your life because it's hurting older people more than anything else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, again, important for independent media, again, to put the word out there because, again, people won't yeah. be hearing that from other other sources.
7: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing, right? So we have the ability to get the word out one at a time, 10 at a time, 50 at a time, but it spreads. Uh, and it goes viral, no pun intended.
8: Yeah. Um, but also
7: the fact that we we can address it very directly and we can put the the human touch to it, right? And they could tell, like, we're not telling you these things because we're going to get paid money to tell you right. these things. There's no corporate dollars coming to me because I'm, tell- I'm not affiliated with anybody except for my patrons. Those are the only people who pay my bills. Yeah, so there's same. no pharmacy. There's no pharmaceutical company that's backing me. There's no major corporation that's backing me. I'm telling you this because I have been tracking it. Honestly, I've been tracking this since uh, early February, mm-hmm. uh, late January, and I've just been watching key signals. And all the key indicators have been telling me that this was going to be a really big deal Uh, And I think that's the power that speaks to the power of independent media, because we can put attention and detail with the level of
0: sincerity that
7: you don't get from
0: mainstream. Yes. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, Something else kind of um, flipping the conversation, not flipping it, but I guess segueing into something else, too, is I really appreciate Mm -hmm. what you've been sharing in terms of electoral politics and in terms of pushing back against neoliberalism as well. And I feel like it's like we're having the same conversations that we've been having I mean, my first election I voted in was 2000, and boy, that was a great experience. But I feel like the same criticisms that folks had against Nader, for instance, they're using against Mm -hmm. Bernie were this idea that someone more progressive is somehow the enemy when it's really, in a lot of ways, the the corporate Democrats are the ones who are stalling progress.
7: Yeah. Yeah, it's a sober moment. So it sounds like we're about the same age. My first election was, my first national election was uh, 2000 as well. Um, And that was a disappointment with uh, George W. Bush uh, being handed that election by the Supreme Court. Uh, I think we didn't recognize then how much uh, of a signifier that was for the uh, demise of our democracy. Like we've been – we should have known the type of people we were dealing with in the Republican Party back then. But I don't think we're getting – the Democrats at least aren't getting the picture. Uh, and, And now it makes me draw the conclusion that I don't think they want to get the picture. I think that they are okay being the corporate uh democratic party that they are now that mirrors the republican party so why would they attack the republican party in earnest when they are doing some of the same things in terms of big money and politics their connections to the energy sector their connections to the uh telecommunications industry all the lobbyists that pour millions of if not billions of dollars into them and so we have this corporate wing of the democratic party that has moved further and further to the right over the last 40 years, leaving out and abandoning the working class. And so now, I guess the real question is, why is it taking uh, progressives so long to realize this? And the answer to me, I believe, is because we didn't have anybody who unified us like Bernie Sanders Mm does. Like win, lose, or draw, we have an organized leftist movement in this country that gives the democratic establishment a run for their money. And I think we can only credit Bernie Sanders for that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh it's it and that's one thing that I do feel like gives me some faith or seeing especially seeing younger folks become more and more involved and just like aware of it at a much younger age. Yeah. Like I always I mean I grew up definitely in an anti war household and had some understanding of it, but it definitely I recall it's in the you know, early two thousands with all the just feeling despite the fact that so many folks marched against the the uh invasion in its yeah. let's see, in 2003 for instance and yeah it it's just it's exhausting i mean between sure. the the how much this country's been pushed towards war and towards uh mass incarceration and how it's like fighting the same battles over and over and over again and no. i would hope that younger folks who are now being you know coming of age and hopefully with the internet they're having more exposure to how sure. His, you know how historical these these struggles have been.
7: Yeah, yeah. I think that's a critical factor, right? The internet has been crucial in not only informing people.
6: Like, for instance, I, I got my
7: master's degree in political science in 2010, and in that political science program, you know, we did comparative economics and com- comparative economic systems and comparative political systems. In neither course did we study anything except for neoliberal capitalism. Oh, no. <laughs> right? We didn't really study didn't study socialism. We didn't study communism. We didn't study, So how are we doing a comparative course? So I asked the, the dean of the department, like, how are we doing a comparative course when we're not even studying communism? And she was like, well, communism is gone, so we don't need to study it anymore. Oh. But the problem was is that, like, you know, I'm in this course to learn. I want to learn how to make our system better. Right. Right. That's why we get into this, and so we're in our education. Like people like to say, our institutions are liberal. No, the hell they are not. Our institutions are based and rooted in neoliberal, uh, Chicago-style economic politics, uh, economic policies as well as politics, and so um, the Chicago School, rather. And and so the problem is, or rather, the solution has been that younger people now have access to volumes and volumes. You remember, the internet was there in two thousand. 2010 for sure, but now there are communities who study these things and yes. who have your reading list, where your professor won't tell you what to read. There are communities of people like, okay, you want to learn more about communism? Here are all the books you can read. Socialism? Here are all the books you can read. Here are a whole series of YouTube videos that you can learn about it. Here are the problems with capitalism. Here what's here's what's good about capitalism. Here's here's a real case study. Here's a real course in comparative politics, and I think that has been crucial. For the younger generation, because now they're not only growing up with this. See, where they where they normally call us when we were younger, you and I and our youth, we had the 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 rebellion inside of us, we had the radicalism inside of us, but we didn't have like the knowledge, the the, the book knowledge, yes. the theory. And now the kids, they have both the, the passion and the theory. So I think I think they're going to do
0: great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're gonna we're coming towards the end of the program, so I also just wanted to give you a chance if you'd like to promote. Uh, any of your upcoming appearances um, and or websites and anything else you'd like to share
7: No, thank you so much for that so if anybody wants to follow me they can follow me on Twitter at Benjamin P. Dixon that's really all the promotion of my stuff that I want to do. I just want to encourage your listeners to support your show even more, however they can support you financially, wherever they can find your work, follow you on Twitter, uh, listen to this program as much as they possibly can because it is critical. I don't care if your audience is, like I said, if your audience is 10 or $10 billion, uh, I think people who have the bravery to step out there and let their voice be heard should be honored for that and supported for that. So I'm, I'm here to promote you, man.
0: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Ah, well, thanks so much, Benjamin. And yeah, hopefully we can uh, connect again in the near future.
7: Absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. Take care. Well,
0: thank you. You too.
7: Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Uh, big thanks to Benjamin Dixon for, for calling in. All right. So we've come up to the end of the program here. Going to finish up with uh, some more music from the Big Moon. We'll be back again, as far as I know. I'll be back next week. Hopefully, the station will be up uh, streaming again. Feel free to check out the archive at mutinyradio.fm again we got shows going back to for most of the shows here at the station 2015 to 2014 ish it varies from show to show lots of great shows here to check out at the station please do support independent media and again uh if you'd like to support financially patreon.com forward slash weekly rev or venmo r-o-m-a-n dash r-i-m-e-r follow me on twitter at r-o-m-a-n-r-i-m-e-r um hope folks uh Stay healthy, take care of yourselves and your neighbors and your communities and we'll be back next week, hopefully. Have a great weekend, bye.
1: I wanna forget everything I know Drive my train of thought down the tracks to zero I want to forget, cause the time's
0: It's your boy CFO here, here to let you know that the